What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another week of the Three Things Podcast. Super lucky this week. We have a very special guest, Elizabeth Liz Fleming is joining the pod this week. Elizabeth is an award-winning marketer. Um, She does a much better job introducing herself on the podcast than I do. But all you need to know is that Liz and I grew up in Hinesburg, Vermont together, and we were in grade school and high school together and have reconnected um, through social media because, as you'll hear Liz say, it is social media. Um, I've been listening to Liz's podcast ever since COVID in early 2020. Um, It was one of my go-to podcasts that I started listening to when Sawyer and I would take our walks in the morning. And I've learned a lot, a lot about marketing, a lot about different business strategies, especially in the digital realm, uh, which is where her expertise lies. And I think she's phenomenal at what she does. So I'm very excited Liz has joined us for the Three Things Podcast. This is a pod you definitely want to go through and listen and then go through again with a pad of paper. And then like a month from now, after you've implemented some of the stuff that Liz talks about, Uh, listen to it again for a third time. There's a lot of really good nuggets in here. Liz really pulls back the curtain and shares a lot. I'm super thankful for that. And you'll also listen to her say um, that she does this for a living and she has some awesome programming and courses available. You can check out all the information on Liz Fleming in the show notes. And without further ado, on the other side of the intro music, Miss Liz Fleming. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a very special, very special Three Things podcast. I'm joined by a phrase that not everyone will know, but some who listen to this podcast will, an OG Heinsberg, someone <laughs> I actually grew up with that has is doing some phenomenal things, has moved out of Vermont, whatever, uh, to really, uh, really cool that she's been going on. And, and if you follow me on social media, you know that I've tagged her her podcast and some of her work because I think it's super relevant for personal trainers and and really anyone in business but I know there's a lot of trainers who listen to this podcast um without further ado I'd like to welcome Elizabeth Fleming and I got her <laughs> name right because it never used to be Fleming when I knew her back in the day but What's Liz, up? Oh this my is, I'm so pumped we were able to do this holy shit look at us go two of Heinsberg's <laughs> I'll say finest I'll say yeah, that. I would, say, I would say, I'm going to be sharing the shit out of this episode with all of my grade school teachers, our grade school teachers. <laughs> Look at us now. Look at us now. Someone update the Wikipedia page for <laughs> people. Uh, Liz, give us a little background, who you are, what you do, where you do it, how you got there. And um, I think it'll make sense at that point why this is going to be a pretty dynamic podcast. Sure thing. So hi, everyone. I'm Liz. I am a marketer. Simple as that. I specialize in organic marketing. So I love teaching primarily, quote unquote, solopreneurs, since that's like the trendy term these days. Um, Solopreneurs and DIYers, how to organically grow their exposure online. Because I personally, throughout my career, feel like people have been throwing their money away on stuff before they're ready and feeling like things have to be perfect and fancy in order to be successful. And that's just not the case. So over the last 10 years, 
I've dabbled my way through the corporate world, starting, you know, at a PR firm in Burlington, Vermont. That was awesome. Got to work with a lot of multi-million dollar clients for that and small business owners. And then after that worked for, I was headhunted by the PGA of America to be their media director. So went in-house for that gig. And this whole time I was side hustling with my freelance marketing business. Well, it wasn't really a business then, but I was just kind of experimenting and yeah, I took a leap of faith in 2017 to go out on my own and try and coach people to do this stuff. And that's when I developed my 4E formula for organic marketing success. And that's really the four things that I have used throughout my entire career to help people. So I figured why not package that and sell it? I have got an online membership program. I've got digital courses. I've got my own podcast, like you said. So I'm just kind of evolving (laughs) however I can and help people, especially during times as crazy as these with COVID. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And uh, the Brandon Bloom podcast, Brandon Bloom podcast, you got to download it. I came across it during COVID while I was um, going on lots of walks with my (laughs) two-year-old and dog. And um, it became really a go-to for me because like many, I had some downtime and I was able to really dive into my business and what I was doing and and in personal training and fitness and in the health and wellness industry in general, like we hear the phrase marketing. We hear, you know, these, these concepts of, of paid ads, organic ads, reach, engagement, um, print, digital, eh, all of it. <laughs> and what I really appreciate in the stuff that you've done, Liz, is, is it's easy to understand. Like I don't, I have a business background, but it's in, it's in stats and analytics. It's not in, like I'm a numbers mm. cruncher. Like it's not, it's not marketing. Like it's not yeah. telling stories and it's not really like on the relationship side of what marketing really is now. And your content has been just very digestible for someone who is on the outside looking in. And I definitely recommend all people listening to this, go hit it up, Brandon Bloom Pod. Um, it's a big picture of Liz's face. It's very bright. It's a very bright like thumbnail. Yeah. So you can't really I mean, miss it. I think mine's black. So it gets, yeah. mine just kind of blends in with everyone else's, but it's, um, I got to stop great... that scroll, you know, <laughs> and, um, they're, they're, they're not the longest episodes too, which I also appreciate. They're anywhere from like yeah. 15 to 45 minutes. So, um, I know that hits home when you're in between sessions or if you're a trainer or something, you only have a couple minutes. So, um, Liz, as you kind of know, I gave you a little bit of background on this, the three things podcast. And for those that are tuning in, because you saw Liz Fleming was on the three things podcast really comes from the three topics that I have that I did not tell Liz about. So shout out to anyone who comes on this podcast. You have no idea what we're going to talk about. And that's how it's got to be because it has a candid feel to it. Candid conversation where we can just talk and, and really get, I think the, the, the nitty gritty, the truth um, without people really sitting on the fence on I'm this person and I, I have to really prep for this stance and that's trash. And in the fitness industry, Liz, like that's mm-hmm. what people do and it sucks. So um, big time, ew, ew. <laughs> um, okay. So first thing, first Liz, thing. are you ready? Oh God, I think so. Let's try let's so, so you mentioned this in your, in your um, intro, how you were side hustling throughout being an employee for companies along the way headhunted to move down to um pga and you're like right in pine so like right near like all the all the golf yeah action. the golf the golf uh, capital yeah the course. golf yeah the <laughs> golf uh 
talk to us a little bit more about, cause I, I think with personal training and, and fitness, like a lot of us, we, we work, like I work at a commercial gym starting to transition out on my own. A lot of people have this aspect of doing their, like their thing, right? Put that in quotes, like doing their thing. You said you took the leap of faith and at some point you have to do that, right? You have to be in a position where you can take the most educated leap and say, I'm not going to fall completely on my face, but if I do, at least I gave it my all. Can you talk a little bit about that process on just maybe early side hustle days to when you're like, you know what, I think I really, I think I can do this and I'm going to take the jump. Just give us a little background on that and when you knew it was right. Yeah. So there is always one answer for this and it's personal branding. Like I was that girl in school and college, you know, when I first got hired in corporate, that was like no shame putting herself out on LinkedIn, always networking, like always you know, experimenting with social media, you know, our generation when Facebook and MySpace and all that stuff first came out, people were like, no, this is dumb. And then, you know, they were kind of slow to adopt it. I was always like in it fully. And that, that really set me up for great success, um, especially with LinkedIn. And um, it kind of just snowballed from there. Like I, just introduce myself to everyone. I was stepping into really uncomfortable situations in terms of like not being the smartest one in the room for the sole purpose of learning and being the girl who's asking the questions. And that's the only reason that I am where I am today because it gave me the confidence I needed to do things like start my own website. Like what does my bio say? Like what can I provide to people to actually help them? And that stuff I wouldn't have known if I didn't experiment all those years and really just kind of step boldly into the spotlight. So if I were to give any piece of advice, you know, especially I know in the personal training world, not that I'm at all well-versed in it, but I know, you know, the industry that a lot of you are coaches and you may work for other entities, but you're trying to do your own thing. The number one way you can be successful is to like brand yourself. Like, don't get cute with shit. Just put your name out there and start shining the spotlight on your expertise and it will definitely suit you. So that's 100% spot on. And I feel, and, and this is maybe the, the cliche answer, but it is probably the, the real answer, especially in, in fitness. And I think you, you specialize with makers um, hmm. in, your, in your marketing world like sometimes it's just awkward to put yourself out there and like, Dude, so like be like, look at me and what I'm doing and I'm good at it. And I've, I'm pumped that I'm good at it. And I want to tell you all about it. And people are like, what, you know, like when you first started putting yourself out there and like had to, I'm, I'm sure like, it's not necessarily imposter syndrome from the start, but like this whole sense of like, are people going to like me are people yeah are people gonna actually look like are people gonna or am I just gonna be like especially in, in trainer land you know like am I just gonna be another sleazy meathead that people are like I don't what like well, no I don't want to do this you know like or what kind of crazy workout routine are you gonna do because sometimes the mainstream marketing has kind of painted a picture in people's head but how are you able to kind of like navigate like jumping into the spotlight and being okay with it Honestly, I just got out of my own way. Like I got out of my head because I knew what I liked to do kind of, but it wasn't until I just started sharing stuff that I knew what was helping other people. And that kind of helped me navigate 
my path forward. So mm. you can sit all day and stare at a computer screen and be like, what profile picture should I use for my LinkedIn account? <laughs> <laughs> and what's my quote unquote tagline in my Instagram bio, but no one cares about that stuff. Yeah. It's the actual content that you're creating that you're, you know, using your actual brain for your personality. That's what people care about. So I'm always a huge advocate for personal branding because you may not be the first one who invented personal training, but you have your own expertise. You are your own person, your own personality, and no one else is a carbon copy of you. So when you get out there and you start doing things like podcasting where people can hear your personality and you're doing video where people can see your personality, you're building a certain level of trust among your audience. And that is why people give you their money. It's not because you have the best program in the world. It's because you're humanizing in a way that kind of makes them feel less intimidated. It makes them feel comfortable. And in the personal training and exercise world, it's intimidating out there these days. There are so many apps and programs and the covers, the promotions are always these super toned people. Like that's intimidating to jump into something like that. And there's so much to know, but it's really that level of just sharing your you that is going to help you attract the right people and just be happy doing what you're doing. So it's not about really serving yourself and trying to just toot your own horn all the time. It's really trying to focus on that level of knowledge that you have and not being afraid to share it. So one of the biggest things that I did in the beginning, I talked about LinkedIn was I was either sharing industry related articles that I thought were interesting and analyzing them, or I was writing a blog. So I started a blog from the very beginning and I just wrote and that really, um, it was good practice for me, but it also was something that was shareable. So that helped it only added to my portfolio. So I think those are the things you have to think about. It's not just the vanity of how your profiles look and how beautiful your website is. It's your legitimacy as an actual person and how awesome you are. You said the word share like three times. There. <laughs> I think that that's, but I think that's, and I want to highlight two things, like the other thing you said too, is one, it's sharing, you're not telling. And I think that's mm -hmm. where in, in an industry where you're directing people, like you're not, you got to pay attention to how you do it, right? And I, I yeah. really think that sharing information when it comes to building a personal brand is, like you said, humanizing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing you said, and I feel like it's one of those like, duh, if you, I'll say it, you'll be like, duh, but people don't <laughs> do this. It's things that help. Like you're sharing yeah. things that have helped you and have helped other people. And that's genuine. Right. And then that's like you said, humanizing, that's probably the best word. But I think that, you know, for anyone listening to this one, you should go back like 10 minutes and just listen to everything Liz said with a pen and paper, um, <laughs> this whole podcast. And I, I don't say this about everyone, but there are certain podcasts I think are worth two or three listens. One you go through without a piece of paper. And then the two or three you, you go through with a piece of paper. Third time you can do it in a month after you try to implement the stuff. Um, this is one of those podcasts. If you haven't caught on yet, people, um, but like you said, it's, it's, it's all about sharing and sharing things that have worked and, and that's yeah. going to help you really probably take ownership of starting you, right. Starting yeah. to publish you. Marketing and is just, it's, it's just a fancy way of saying building relationships. Like 
this is not rocket science, people. Like human beings were genetically programmed for connection. And that's why we all lost our minds when we had to go into quarantine and, you know, our lives were turned upside down. Like, think about that stuff. And then people were jumping on virtual opportunity after virtual opportunity. You know, obviously that's twofold because people had to financially. And then B, it was like after a year, um, people needed connection. They needed socializing. So it's always going to be that way. So the next time you jump on your Instagram and you post a picture or a photo and you wonder why, you know, you have a couple thousand followers, but you only get 30 likes, it's probably because you're not engaging and you're not connecting with other people. And that's a lot of what personal branding is inside of marketing. It's developing those relationships. It's all called social media for a reason. It's not just, you know, this one-sided hustle that you just have to do to keep your profiles active. It's genuinely being a person and showing up for other people and not serving yourself all the time. And it, it's hard for people to get out of that mindset. It's, it's tough because it's work, but when you put that work in, I mean, you build an audience and that's, if you really want to start and grow a business, then you have to treat it like that. Otherwise you're just messing with a hobby, you know? That's, uh, I think that's the line of the podcast right there. <laughs> I think that is the line of the podcast. I'll ha- I might have to like sniff that and make it a teaser or something. But Yeah, make it a little um, graphic. <laughs> yes, that is uh, it's spot on. And it's a good transition to the second thing. Um, you mentioned virtual opportunities. You just completed yeah. your first summit. Yes, holy moly. Yeah, that probably was a lot of work. Um, months, months would you do it again? Would you do it again? Hell yes. Because okay. I've already done it, and now I've made. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's us. It's probably. I mean, there's definitely things in life you go through, and you're like, I've done it once, and I know I would never do it again. And yep. that's probably just as telling as now that I've know that I had to do it, I would absolutely do it again because I have this experience to rely on. I think that it goes both ways there. Yeah. Um, on the notion of of starting, and for those that don't follow Liz, like, I'll let you talk a little bit about it here in a minute, but. Um, when you were thinking about doing it, like that initial push, like those what if fears always seem to come in. How did you overcome those? <laughs> oh my God. Did you overcome those? Maybe you were I like, did. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> if it falls flat, it no, falls flat. I do, but I was, this is going to sound really woo woo, but I was totally tested by the universe. Like during the time when I really had to prepare for this event or it wasn't going to happen. So like January, February was really intense for my family. We had like a significant death in our family. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was so sick. And I had two months to get this event off the ground from that point. And I was like bedridden, sad, like so emotional. But I kept having this feeling in my gut that was like, you have to do this. Like, you said last year, this was going to be your goal for 2021. It's the biggest challenge you've ever set for yourself. And I had literally made a binder (laughs) to plan this event. And I reached a point where I was so overwhelmed that I was like, screw this. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And then I actually reached out to a couple of colleagues and was asking their advice. I'm like, what would you do? And they're like, Liz, you have to do this. It doesn't matter, 
you know, about the time that you've lost, you can't dwell on that. You have to just look at how you can help people moving forward from this point. And so that's what I did. I really just kind of pulled myself out of my funk. As you know, I just kind of went on a couple of walks around the neighborhood and recorded some podcast episodes that were like pep talks to me, but I was like, screw it. I'll just publish these. They're, so, they're good. Everyone needs to listen to them too. Yeah. And they're super cheesy, but it's so silly. Like there's little moments in my life during that time where I felt like I was just being nudged. It was like, you cannot give up on this. And it was something that event was, it was so massive. And, um, it was just me planning it. I had an assistant, but he was kind of really doing the technical stuff in the background. And because it was such a new thing for me, I couldn't delegate tasks. Like there was too much for me to figure out, but we made it work. And in the end we had 20 speakers, which was my goal. Um, we had a great, super diverse lineup of women, which was another goal of mine. You know, you can't be tone deaf to, to race and all that's going on right now in your business. So that was hugely important to me. And that took a lot of time. And then we had over 500 uh, registrants for this event and it wow. was, it was awesome. So I ended up breaking even for the event cause we sold some like all access passes and stuff, but it cost, you know, a couple thousand to put the event on cause I bought a website, a domain, like it was kind of its own beast. But the moral of this very long, <laughs> long-winded story that I'm telling you is that the scariest things are 99.9% .9 of the time, the things that are most worth it to move forward with. And looking back, I'm just so psyched and thankful that I decided to move forward. And I kind of had this moment where you know, I've always been a self-proclaimed perfectionist. <laughs> so that's kind of what held me back in those early months. It was like, if I can't do this perfectly, I'm not doing it. And then I just kind of, like I said, pulled myself out of that funk and was like, screw it. You're just going to do what you can. And that's all that I did. And it worked out. So those are conversations we have with coaching clients all the time. If I can't, uh, if I can't do this in my training, it's not going to happen. And yeah. I talk with other coaches that are now in, in, this will tie into other things we talked about, I'm sure, but like this concept of being a maker in the fitness industry, whether it's a subscription program or it's not necessarily like a tangible make, but in fitness land, like that's, you're making a product that people are purchasing. It just happens to be like a fitness subscription or something versus like an actual, like good that you can. Right. You yeah. Can so make makers, hold. makers are coming different shapes and sizes in kind. So I work with digital makers and physical oh, product makers. So perfect. Yeah. My mind instantly goes to physical product because I'm a service provider, but yeah, no. So that's so, where personal trainer land is now moving to. Right. And I, a lot of people make the same, same kind of, you know, like, a, like event, right? Like I want to make this event. I want to do this event. I want to launch this product, this thing. And it's like, like you just said, 99.9% .9 of the time, those, those big, scary ass things looking at you are 110% worth it every time. Mm -hmm. You just have to, you have to take the step forward no matter how big. You just yeah. have to keep moving forward. Yeah, and, and um, just a, a quick tidbit on the digital side of things because I anticipate a lot of your listeners are probably, you know, either creating their own coaching programs or courses or they're trying to start their own membership style um, offering with digital. It's really helpful to 
kind of survey your people as you're building your thing. So in my industry, this is what's called pre-selling. So I've done this for a couple of my courses and my membership program. You don't want to put in hours and hours and hours of time creating these amazing trainings and getting it all beautiful, putting them on the website, figuring out how to gate it so people can't steal it and then try and sell it and have there be crickets because you don't know if people want it or not. The best thing to do is really like start promoting it and talking about the idea before you build it and see who is into it and then kind of build it from there. So I have a whole thing about pre-selling, but I know in this industry, this is a huge thing. It's like, I know there's a lot of people who want to create their own digital programs, but in the personal training world, it's a lot of work. You have to have really good production. You know, even if you do it yourself, when you're recording those exercises, they have to look awesome. They have to be accurate. And you only want to have to do that one time. <laughs> so just something to think about as you're moving forward, um, for sure. That's definitely one of the biggest pieces of advice I wanted to give during this conversation was instead of keeping your ideas to yourself and trying to build them with yourself over months and months and doing hours and hours of work, just put the ideas out there and see if it's what people actually need first. That's I'm not going to say anything other than thank you. And, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, push the rewind button again, people, because damn, Liz, like you prepped <laughs> harder for this pod than I did. Nah, I just, <laughs> nah, nah, I just showed up. I just showed up, put the headset on. Um, let me pull up. I got my third thing here. Um, okay. And that it's funny. That's like another good segue, right? So yeah. I'm glad I'm really thankful you clarified like digital makers and tangible product makers. Mm. Maybe you can break it into those two categories again, but like, what is ground zero? Like when you, when you start with like someone, you work with someone, you're talking to someone who is a maker, digital or tangible, like what I'm, I'm probably guessing, cause this happens too. When I talk with, with different gym owners and things like that, like the order of operations sometimes is a little screwy. Mm. on what they're, what is important on their end. And then, you know, we're coming in as a consultant or teaching a certain methodology. Like, we're like, no, like the order of op, like you just had a great example, like pre-sell it, let people talk about it. Let see if there's any interest in it first. Like mm -hmm. right in my head, I'm like, yeah, make the program, sell the program. And people who are interested in that program will buy it. But what if I'm not talking to people who are interested in that program? I just wasted a bunch of time for nothing. Like in that, like in my head, I, I just answer like, I'm, I'm that person. I'm like, my order of operations is all screwed up. You know, like what is ground zero for makers? Like what is the order of operations? Like the first thing, the second thing, the third thing that typically gets overlooked or is something that people maybe aren't seeing as, as, as important as it is like the yeah. example you gave with pre-selling. Gosh, there's so much I can cover here. <laughs> Don't worry, we're a bunch of meatheads that listen to this podcast. It's all going to be good. <laughs> you guys better listen and take fucking notes if I'm going to be sharing all this shit. Okay, so a couple of things here. Um, the first thing is you got to know your niche. So if you're a personal trainer, you can't just say, I want to target people who want to exercise. Like you have to get so specific. And when I first started, I was like, I'm a marketer for entrepreneurs. And that didn't work at all. Like, I didn't know how to talk about stuff. It was harder to develop trainings. So when I niched down to 
specifically makers, digital and physical product makers, I really was able to hone my focus for my training. So that's one of the big things is really think about who you want to work with. Like that's totally up to you. You don't have to be creating content and just waiting to see who shows up. Like you have control, you have more control than you think you do over who you serve. The second thing is how do you want to live your life? So for me, I originally was just coaching people one-on-one and after a year and a half of doing that, I was like, I am teaching the same thing over and over and over again in all these strategy sessions, you know, and that's how I developed my signature framework, my 4E formula, you know, and I'm sure everyone, if you think about how you operate as a personal trainer, you have your own systems too, that you could make into a quote unquote signature framework and sell that. So that's what I did. I kind of looked at what I was doing all the time and figured out how I could scale from there. So what that ended up looking like was I was working less and making more, Um, not to sound like a jerk, but it's just how I was able to evolve and kind of step into the online space a bit more. So I love, I truly do really like working with one-on-one clients, but now they're premium clients. They pay me four figures to come in and coach them on marketing. Whereas people who just want to learn my 4E formula and all the tactics and strategies that go along with it can come into my membership program. And that's a much lower bar. That's like 60 bucks a month. So the importance of knowing this is being mindful of who you serve and how you want to work and knowing, recognizing that not everyone that you serve is coming into your business with the same experience or backstory. So you have people, for example, who are so new to exercising, they don't even know like what a bicep curl is. And they are coming in at like the beginner's end of your what's called a value ladder. Then you have other people who are really seasoned And they might also be personal trainers. They're coming in on the higher end of your value ladder. So there are so many different products that you could create, but you just have to know your people and how they're coming into that value ladder. So um, if you are thinking of your business from top to bottom, you're asking about ground zero. Think of it, I say like a staircase where at the very bottom you have those beginners. So you create some sort of, freebie for them, which in, in my, um, wheelhouse is called like a lead magnet. So give Mm -hmm. them a free download and just try and harness those email subscribers so that you can nurture them and help them get to know you, but then maybe have a couple of other offerings that are more premium. So on my value ladder, for example, the middle step is my membership program. It's like a good, easy, mini product, simple price, you know, low investment, and people can come and go as they please. And then the top of that staircase is my premium offering. So anyone who wants to work with me one-on-one can do so, but they have to pay like the cream of the crop. And that is what's called a value ladder. So I encourage you, if you're stuck and you're looking at your website or you're looking at your notes and you're like, what the heck product do I create? Start at the bottom and work your way up. And you're gonna learn a lot from doing that. Wow. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Am I boring? No, no, because, and this is exactly why Liz, this is exactly why I reached out to you because I would listen to your podcast and I, and I told you the story before we like we recorded, 
we were recording, but I'm, it's all going to yeah. be edited out before this. So I'm sorry if we didn't have that conversation. Um, but like specifically, and I'll tell you that like the episode people was on search engine optimization, SEO. Oh, and yeah. it's something I'd heard about. I've heard, you know, and I, I figure like you do, you write your blog, you put your little tags in the bottom and then you're like, cool, life's good. Like publish, I'm off. And then I was listening to Liz's conversation with her guest on SEO. And I, I was driving home and I was like, I sped up to drive home to <laughs> my couch, get on my laptop. I like got home from the gym. I still smelt like rubber and sweat. And I like sat down. I was like, I'm going to do this right now. And I felt so like, I felt accomplished because I'm like, yeah, like this is going to be so much better. And it's amazing how small changes yield big results in marketing, um, especially consistent small changes over time. But Liz, this is exactly, that was, that was, I think when I reached out to your website, I went to, to your lizfleming.com and was like, you know, contact me. And I'm like, hi, Liz, like, <laughs> this is Casey Lee, like from Heinsburg, Vermont, you know, like I'm listening oh. to your podcast, would you want to come on mine? Because that's kind of stuff that you just shared is like, it's what no one talks about in our industry and why I will always 100% encourage people to talk and branch outside of the fitness industry, or even like if, you know, like I'm sure you do this too with like different avenues of marketing or even people who are in production and not even in marketing and like you can kind of mm -hmm. see what it goes into the production side of making things and it's it's so important to get these alternative perspectives and to find educators that do what you need with other people that you can then like bring it all full circle and it's just so important and I'm just so thankful that you were able to come on and, and totally. have this conversation and, and pull the curtain back and I'm sure you're talking like tip of the iceberg stuff it's not even oh, like man. what you always see and, and <laughs> i think the bloom crew this podcast is going out tomorrow um, oh sweet yeah so, is the bloom crew still open um kind of i said it was closed but i'm it's still kind of open so if you guys are interested like so I'll, if you, you slide into link. liz's dms and say at three things podcast she'll know yeah, and the yeah. Will open. okay yeah right, and we cool. can chat i think it, so. i think i might have to join on that Dude, you um, would love it. You would, I know. I, I mean, think I might. If have you like to. the podcast, holy shit. I know. I think I might have to, as someone who yeah. just, whose uh, online business probably would benefit severely from this. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's um, just fun learning. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, too, kind of on that same wavelength, since we were talking about, I forget what you just said, but um, putting yourselves out there or something like that. Um, a lot of people get tripped up because they're afraid that when they share their stuff for free that they're just giving stuff away for free and that's honestly how you attract people if that makes sense <laughs> so i just um before before we dip out i did just want to say like we still have a speed round liz if you're up for it it oh, takes yeah. four minutes yeah. don't you no, I'm the, the speed round is what's important here okay other oh, smart god. stuff is whatever <laughs> oh god um anywho it's just like you know when you're thinking of what content to share and how to market yourself and what your personal brand looks like like don't be afraid to just share your knowledge because people if they really want to work with you will give you their money there are people out there who will pay you for what you do but you have to attract them somehow and there's that required element of you know sharing your stuff like for example i'm not charging you for this podcast interview and i've given but there's going to be a really sweet thank you in the mail though so <laughs> oh that's I so nice that. 
<laughs> um, but you know, I do things like this all the time. Like I'm an open book. I blog like crazy. I go on the podcast. I talk about this stuff all the time, but where people are coming in and buying my services, my programs and my coaching stuff, it's because they want to learn specifically how to do it for themselves in a way that's broken down step-by-step. Step. It's not just kind of a free-for-all and they're trying to figure it out themselves. So I encourage you to really take a step back and think about what your processes are, like what your knowledge is, how you share stuff from top to bottom and how you can just systemize it all. Gotcha. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm talking way too much. <laughs> ah. Ah. So, so yes, good. I, know, I know what's going on in everyone's heads because I have been there and it's so overwhelming and it's so stressful. So if you're just literally get away from your computer and your devices, take a notebook outside, go where you need to go, hike a mountain. I don't care where the hell you are. And just like, think about this stuff. Like think about what makes you happy. Think about what you want to create and put out into the world and what you could be happy doing long-term and then let it be out there and take on a life of its own because it's the greatest thing ever, man. Once you figure it out. I mean, look at me, I'm sitting here. Like this is the only thing I had to do today. <laughs> My business is running itself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There, that is possible for everyone. So if you want to, if you want to set your business up that way, you totally can, if you want to. Okay. It's speed round time. I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. Sorry, I just pushed my note, my notes app. Gotta get my. I, I, <laughs> these are the questions that really prepped, really prepped. Okay. Oh God. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, I have to answer fast. That's the whole point. No, 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 no. You can answer fast oh, okay. or slow. Talk as much as you want with these. Oh, okay. Um, okay. these is heavily Vermont themed because we know where you're. Oh at. my God! Please do. This. Okay, so <sighs> what is the goat Ben and Jerry's flavor? Um, half baked you'd be surprised how many people where do you stand on marshmallow like fish food where do you stand on marshmallow and ice okay cream? i used to be obsessed with fish food it was the only thing i would oh, eat yeah. on the free tours and then i discovered that they make an ice cream that has cookie dough and brownie in it i'm done that's it half baked is it for me it's uh it's it's a favorite too i do like fish food though it's it, but it depends if like do i want cookie dough do i want marshmallow anyway anyway <laughs> um <laughs> Do you say the word creamy in North Carolina? Oh my God. How many people look at you of seven heads? Holy shit, Casey. I was just having a conversation with my mom the other day. I swear, no one down here says creamy. And when no. you say that, they think it's like something weird. Yeah, like it's, a, it's Pornhub. They like say, it's an X-rated website. They're like, oh, yeah. What? Like they it's say soft serve. Yeah, soft serve. Can you, can you imagine having to say soft serve in Vermont? You get That's flat. not, no, you wouldn't, no, 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 no. Like the sign says creamy and has yeah. like a picture of an ice cream cone. Like it's, the sign says creamy, so it's a creamy. Yeah, it's a creamy. But Vermont's like the only place in the world that does it. The that. only place. My husband it's is phenomenal. from Long Island. Oh, New York. he's probably mortified. Yeah, he's mortified. like, what? The first time I said that, he was like, mm. <laughs> no. they're like it's no. ice cream dude yeah, no, um al's french fries where does it rate is it overrated um it's overrated. i'm afraid to answer i think it's overrated i'll say it okay i'm anti al's french fries i think it's overrated and everyone's like you should go there i'm like it's trash diner food dude 
Okay, I'm not the only one because I've been there like twice in my whole life. It's um, not good. It's not good. You, you literally wait in line for 30 minutes and you get like a soggy bun. It's disgusting. I mean, their fries are okay. It's, but, it's not even you know. okay. My wife is an yeah. owl's aficionado. It is where her and I differ. Um, oh, we that must get be in tough. fights over it because she'll be like, let's go to Al's. And I'm like, no, it's trash. I'd honestly just rather go to McDonald's. Where, that. Where is like your favorite place to get diner food in Vermont? Is there so, any good place? So diner food, um, uh, a guy that I work with, um, shout out Koshi Joe, um, his family owns a place called Handy's Lunch down on, I think yes. it's King, King Street, maybe yeah. in Burlington, <laughs> Handy's Lunch. Um, that's probably about as good as it gets. It was actually on diners, dive-ins, and dives. <laughs> you can't say it either? I diners, can't say it. Drive-ins, and di- diners, drive-ins. Diners, drive-ins, yes. Or maybe Man vs. Food. One of the Food Network shows went there. Triple D, they, yeah. They do a sandwich called the Chuck Norris. It's phenomenal. That place is delicious. awesome. It will give you the meat sweats, but Handy's Lunch is probably where you're <laughs> going to get some of the best diner dining food. They're only open for literally breakfast and lunch. So if you're there before one o'clock, uh, that's when it. the doors will be open. Um, they survived COVID as they should. They're clicking. Um, it's a good one. And what is the best book you've read in the last 12 months? Oh, geez. Oh, my God. It doesn't have, it can be fiction, nonfiction, does not matter. Yeah. I've read a lot and there there's so many. Um, do you read or do you do Audible? I read. I've tried Audible and it annoys me. It really distracts me. I can't even listen to that stuff while I drive. I'm wow. like too zoned out. Yeah. It's I'm so the exact cool. opposite. I can't read. Oh, well, to I have to listen. that's fine. If I read, I get distracted and I'm like, what did I just? I just love reading books. I think I'm the only person left on this earth that actually buys physical books oh, <laughs> for absorbent amounts. I just don't read them. Yeah. <laughs> um, good gracious. I feel like there's a couple business ones that I've read. Um, let me pull up my Goodreads because I want to get the names right. That's um, cool. Do you still own a winter jacket? Uh, hell yes. It's the is same it like a I've real winter jacket for, though? Yeah. Is it like, uh, yeah. I, Curtain, does it maybe? even snow? Does it even snow in North Carolina? Um, not really. It hails yeah. sometimes, but yeah. that's about it. I've had the same winter coat since good gracious college, high school, but that's what you get when you buy them right up in BT. L.L. Bean for life. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I have L.L. Bean too. Sorel. Sorel's my go-to. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, what, man, I, I don't, I don't know the best way to phrase this. Um, people are going to listen to this and not have any clue, like have, they're going to have no clue on like what any of this means. But when you compare, like, I guess like post, like think of a postcard. Okay. Postcard of Church Street, postcard of Mount May, like what's most, I, uh, this is a great way to put it. Oh, okay. Your peak Vermont image is? The mountains, dude. Okay, I didn't know. Some people will be like, oh, the lights on Church Street with snow. <laughs> no. Okay, you know that street was designed by a guy who like designed downtown Denver. They look identical. There's nothing special about wow. it. I love it, but wow. it's like. Uh, You're a truther. I'm sorry. Wow. It's okay. beautiful. It's beautiful. It's got some nice shops, but I think it's overhyped. I think it's overhyped too. I'm, I live in Richmond. I think Bridge Street, Richmond is about as 
Vermonty as it gets. Do you live in Richmond? I do. Dude. I didn't go too far. I don't live in Hinesburg. <laughs> this I did not I know. live in the next town over. So <laughs> I, do, I didn't go too far, but I do live in Richmond. And I would Richmond move. Awesome. I would keep going. I would be like, like, yeah. Central Vermont, middle of nowhere. Like that's kind of the goal someday. It's like Northeast Kingdom, middle of nowhere. Heck yeah. It's the mountains for me. Any season, really. Um, it's, gosh, it's like emblazed into my green. And actually, <laughs> in, I, don't, I didn't say that right. Emblazed in, in into my brain. Um, there gotcha. is there is like a point when you're on 89, the highway. If you're heading east, I think it is, by the whale's tails where you yep. can see the mountains. Like Mansfield have, on the left, Campbell's hump on the right. Absolutely. Yeah, there have been nights where I'm driving home from work and I have to put like my flashers on because it's so beautiful. Like if you get a full moon rising over that, it's like, I'm done. I need to pull over here. <laughs> it's like the best. It's the, the most best. beautiful thing ever. It's the law of inertia, man. Nothing's ever pulled me up. I mean, never, nothing's ever pulled me away. So uh, yeah, um, it's where we're going to, we're going to reside. Can I say, actually, I've thought of my book. Oh, um, I forgot that, about the book question. That, was, that was a really about, hard question. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. This is another woo-woo thing, um, but this book, The Secret, have you heard of this? No. Is it good? It, it was written in like, oh my God, so long ago. Anyway, it's all about the power of positive thinking and I shit you not, this stuff works. Like okay. when you have, whether it's a cheesy positive mantra or you're just like thinking about something that you want to manifest um, and you just kind of place a positive focus on it um it really changes how you look at life and just how you live from day to day I found so the secret has definitely been one that I've read I've read it three times in the last year um it's, kind of, a, it's kind of a small book um that's good for me I need like 200 pages that's my yeah. cap that's kind of pushing it I'm like 150 I'm, I'm like I font. can read this um, big font I need big font this this has a pretty big font and it's broken up in good chunks, but I don't know how fun it would be to listen to. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but it's about 180 pages. It's super Perfect. easy. It's an awesome read. So anytime you guys feel doubtful or afraid, like there are things like that you can jump to that will kind of get you out of your funk. So Solid wreck. Yeah. Last, solid last wreck. Round. Solid wreck. Last speed round question. Yeah. My mom is a listener of this podcast. Oh, what, what up, Karen? Does hey, she Karen. immediately call your mom after this podcast? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet she does. Karen, I love you and I miss you. And you gave me the best haircuts of my life. And let me tell you, no one else can do it right. <laughs> Down here, I'm telling you, they don't get it. I'm like, I, I want my hair to look like this. I look forward to my mom randomly calling your mom. Yes. And be great. being like, oh my gosh, the kids just did a podcast. <laughs> like past like old school, like not even Facebook, like right oh. to the phone. Like she would have to like figure out your, like the phone. It's going to be, it's going to be a process, but it's yeah, Karen, the task has been issued now. Do it, uh, Karen. <laughs> Liz, anything you want to plug before we head out here? Um, no, I mean, if you guys want to connect with me, I'm over on the gram. That's like the best place you can find me at Ms. Liz Fleming. And then, um, I've got a bunch of free resources on my website. And if you're intrigued by kind of my membership program that I mentioned, 
um, that kind of teaches you how to elevate your exposure and stuff like we've been talking about here, the Bloom Crew, you can check out my website. It's elizabethfleming.com and I spell my name with an S, not a Z. So put that in the show notes. <laughs> Liz with a Z, Elizabeth with an S, Correct. Fleming with one M. Correct. Dialed in. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. you. Liz, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope this was helpful and I look forward to connecting with you guys wherever that may be.